So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 4 of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Andrew tries to get Brittany to go home with him. Melissa and Louie go to check in with his parole officer. Chelsea and Mikey visit with his sisters. Sheree has an itinerary for a newly released Anthony. And Joy admits to cheating on Red with at least three different men. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, no new news on this end. Yeah, pretty much. It's that it's... I would say that time of year, but it kind of is, right? Like it's, you know, the weather's meh, everything's meh, everybody's travel is mostly done and stuff. So we're like, just chug it along. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a little bit more exciting once like festivities happen and that's something yeah, more yeah, towards yeah. the end start, of this the, month. There's costumes and things like that going on. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of festivities, let's start with Melissa and Louie. So it's 1145 and Donna has gone to bed. Uh, this, so we leave off. This is pretty much the night we left off. So Melissa sneaks off the couch and into Louie's room and she's not just sneaking into his room. They're going to sneak out together to go to the hotel room. And Melissa, Melissa says she doesn't care how mad Donna's going to be in the morning. And they both know that Donna's going to be mad in the morning. (laughs) So Melissa is a little worried that, uh, that Louie might get in trouble if some, if an officer or somebody shows up tonight, but they both agree like. Listen, it's his first night out. He doesn't even officially have to check in yet. Um, so they're probably fine. And if they aren't fine, then they can be like, we didn't know. <laughs> so Louis says uh, he's got the protection they need, meaning condoms. And they both want to have, you know, even if Melissa has a slight desire to get pregnant, they both want to have protection, even though Melissa says she has a slight desire. She didn't want to have babies until Donna said, don't get pregnant. And then she was like, oh, Okay. Well, oh, watch gosh. it. Uh, That's so. the dumbest reason to have a kid to spite someone. And she, oh it, she, it's, it, she, to be fair, she doesn't say she actually wants to do it, but it's like there's a little part of me that just <laughs> wants to spite her. So anyway, Louis worried that after ten years in prison, it's not going to be very much of a, a very long adventure. But they get into the room and strip down to their underwear, and like with the cameras there, and then they immediately agree not to use the condoms that they brought, and oh, then they kick production out. So the next morning, Louis is up early because it's too quiet and the bed was too soft. All the things that are just, you know, different out of prison. So they definitely had sex the night before and they both say things were like weird, but still good. And then there's a lot of unnecessary details that I don't think we need to go into at all. Um, (laughs) But sufficiently enough, they both seem satisfied with the way things went down. So one person that was not satisfied with how everything went down last night is the person that has already called Louis 12 times, and that's Donna. So Louis calls um, her to face the music and is greeted like not with a hello, but with a, where the hell are you? She says, there's an unmarked car outside. What are you going to do if they come and knock on my doorbell? What are you going to do if they, if you go to the, the, the parole thing and they ask to meet your mother? And he's like, nobody's <laughs> going to ask to meet my mother. All right, so anyway, he's gotten until wow. about four to check in. That's when his 48 hours limit to check in is up. And that's what she's worried about. So he says he's going to give her a call after he checks in with the, with the parole officer. 
So next thing we see, they're headed for the parole meeting. And it's in this meeting that one of the things he's going to find out is when he is going to be able to leave and move to New Jersey. So they're hoping for sooner rather than later for pretty obvious reasons. Melissa's worried that he about what he's going to get up to when she when he's alone and she's in a different state. And he kind of throws it back at her. It's like, well, what do you think it was like in prison? Like when you were out here and I was in there. Like, I didn't know what you were up to. And he gets pretty frustrated when he's like, yeah, but you're like. She says something about like, you have a history. And he's like, we all have a history. That was old news. He gets a little bent out of shape about it. But when they get there, he goes in. And while she's waiting in the parking lot in her truck, she calls, she gets, she calls her friend Allie. That conversation, as that conversation turns into whether or not Donna is even going to let him move to New Jersey, that's when Donna pops up outside the truck, <laughs> banging on the door with a wooden spoon. Um, God. <laughs> so Donna demands to know what's going on, especially since they snuck out or whatever. So Melissa says, stop making a scene. If you want to yell at me, get in the truck. <laughs> and then she does. And then Donna says that if uh, Louie moves to New Jersey, man, maybe she will too. Because she, she moved from Florida to Georgia for him. So whatever. So Louie gets out and finds Donna's truck in the it, Donna in the truck and is pretty embarrassed about it. Like, what is this? This girl's going to think my mom is crazy. Um <laughs> But then they get to what they want, uh, what was said in the meeting. And, you know, he said some things about like having to pay some small amount of – that's like $32 a month for five years or something um, or 10 years. I don't know. But then he says, and about New Jersey, and that's when their final scene cuts off and we don't hear what the decision was about New Jersey. Uh, so why did Donna, when she rolled up to this parole hearing, A, not get dressed because I'm pretty sure she was in a nightgown. Yeah. And B, bring a wooden spoon with her. Who knows? <laughs> I, I swear she was playing a stereotype of some kind, right? Because even Louis was like, what are you wearing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was definitely going out to be like, I'm crazy Italian mom. Like, I got right. the wooden spoon that I serve my pasta, my gravy with. Like, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, I definitely got that impression, too. It was like, okay, uh, you know, the only thing that would have been like the only other accessories she needed were curlers, curlers in her hair yeah. and maybe some <laughs> fluffy slippers, you know, like, <laughs> but she definitely fit some kind of, I don't know, weird image that you would think of when you think like crazy mom, like, yeah. or maybe more grandma, like crazy grandma, like, you uh, know, I could see a crazy mother-in-law, like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with that for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I don't know what her deal is. Like, I don't understand why she's being so nuts about, like, I don't know, the like, oh, insisting that, you know, oh, the parole officer is going to wonder where your mom is. It's like, do you have a, rea a realistic vision of what parole is? <laughs> is your mommy home? Can we call your mom? <laughs> like... I yeah. gotta check. With, I gotta check with Louis's mom before we can send him over to play. Like, what? No, that's not. Nobody cares about your mom. Like, right. It's just very bizarre. The whole thing is really weird. And I mean, and he is paroling with his mom, so I could understand. And potentially, they could be like, "Well, let's talk to the person you're supposed to be paroling with." Like, right. That that would make more sense. And that the way she says it, it's like, "What if they ask about your mom?" Like, it's like, <laughs> then I'll say you're dead. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, really, the extent of it would be like. Does your mom have a record? Yeah. Is the person you're staying with have a record, right? Right. And like, no, she doesn't. That's it. Like, give yeah. us give us her name. 
end of end of end of conversation. They're right. not gonna like because she was like, I'm not gonna lie for you. They're gonna ask you where you were last night. It's like they're not gonna ask where you were last night. Because they're right too. If he didn't if he still had 48 hours to check in, we've seen numerous, numerous people use that time to go to a hotel. Yeah. And do whatever they want for yeah. 48 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they – well, we even had some – some people leave the state and that was definitely explicitly expressly forbidden, but – Right. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I don't know what Donna really wants and I – I don't know. I don't find their storyline to be super compelling at this moment in time. No, I guess like, not. And they, they – I think it is. They're just leaning heavily on Donna be as crazy and – Let's get super gross details about sex. Like, oh gosh, uh huh. Right. And that they, they really went for that. So, yeah. Well, let's think about the polar opposite of them in every possible way. Uh, and that's oh, yeah. Chelsea and Mikey. So, yeah, Chelsea and Mikey, they're driving to Mikey's family's house. He promises that he will never get locked up again. He plans on getting a job, providing money, and building a family. He says he's motivated to do good because of Chelsea. Trevor, Chelsea's son, calls when they are driving. She speaks to Trevor, which makes her feel self-conscious because she's using her voice because Mikey's never heard her voice before, and she thinks it sounds weird. Mikey reassures her that her voice was fine. Mikey is upset that his mom won't be at the family house because, as you recall, she's passed away two weeks ago. He doesn't like replaying things over in his head, and he's very upset because he has a guilt over not being there to help during that time. He hopes his family will forgive him for being gone. They get to his sister's Courtney's house. Chelsea has met his sisters and family, and she was there for his mom's funeral, which meant a lot to Mikey. Chelsea is happy to get the family together. Chelsea's never had sisters, so she feels like Mikey's sisters are her sisters, too. Everyone is emotional about the passing of Mikey's mom. They show Mikey his mom's room, which Chelsea and Mikey are supposed to be staying in. Chelsea thinks it's weird not only sleeping in her boyfriend's parents' bed, but someone who's recently passed away. They find a returned card that is a birthday card for Mikey. He isn't ready to read it quite yet and puts it away as he cries a little. Later in an interview, he reads it out loud while crying. Chelsea embraces Mikey to comfort him. Chelsea then tells Mikey "Mm, she doesn't really want to stay there. Mikey says that he feels bad leaving because his sisters have prepared the room for him. She insists that she's just not comfortable. Mikey begs her to try it for just one night, and she says no, and he finally agrees to leave to go to a hotel. Mikey says it's weird for him too, but it's his mom, so it's a little less weird. Mikey tells his sister it's a lot to take in, so he's going to stay the night at a hotel. His sisters are supportive of his decision. Mikey tells us that he has high expectations for tonight. Well, he's talking about sexy time, but Chelsea tells us that she's going to wait to be intimate. Chelsea tells Mikey that uh, she loves his sisters, and Mikey tells her that it's so sexy when she teaches him to sign. Mikey tells us again that it's been four years since he's been locked up and having sex is his first priority and tries to ditch production at the lobby door saying it's his time to be with Chelsea. So beat it. VIP time. (laughs) Chelsea tells us that she's anxious and scared and plans on sleeping on the opposite side of the bed. She says that they have their whole lives to be intimate, so they should just take everything very slow. All right, so uh, I think it's absolutely fair that Chelsea's like needs to warm up to it. Um, For sure, but, absolutely. But it, 
certainly seems like they are not on the same page because they have not communicated this Big, at yes. all. Yes, yeah, that was literally like my thought of this. It was like, as from from the guy's perspective, mm-hmm. I'd much rather, and I know that this is different guys react differently. I don't know why people do this, right? And I, I, I don't necessarily blame her for doing it this way. I would much rather know from the beginning of the night, like, hey, bud, this ain't happening. Like right. if you knew if you knew all along and you know right now that this isn't happening, let me know. Just let me know. Like before yeah. I do and don't just don't just try because it sounds like she's gonna sleep on the opposite side of the bed. He's gonna go take a shower and she's gonna try to like really really fast pretend like she's asleep so he doesn't wake her <laughs> up. Like right? And then but then he's gonna be all over and she's gonna have to be like, no, no, uh it's gonna it's gonna be worse for both of them, mm-hmm. right? And, and all, more awkward for both of them than if she doesn't tell them, like, it's online. I feel like we've seen this, but we saw this just a while ago. We're going to get to them later, but I feel like that's exactly what happened with Andy and Brittany mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. She had no intention of sleeping with this guy. And for different reasons, right? Yes, yes. But she still had no intention of doing it, and she still wasn't like, listen, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think part of the problem is, and uh, it's this almost, like, pressure when you are like long distance, like someone's in prison, you know, and you're just relying on because it kind of keep up like some amount of like kind of like sexy talk, you know, like mm-hmm. dirty talk and kind of like, you know, playing that up. Because, I mean, what else do you have if you're supposed to be in a relationship and you physically can't have, you know, like intimacy? It's kind of like, well, we've seen a bunch of it, like talking dirty to each other. Oh, sure. what I'm going to do to you when you get out, you know, and not even having to be super explicit about things. But, you know, talking it up like that, you know, one person's definitely going to get the impression like, yeah, this is going to happen as soon as we get out. Like we've been talking it up and, you know, it's really not an uncommon thing for it to happen. Obviously, we've seen with Melissa and Louie. Mm-hmm. And so I think like. You know, from the person who isn't intending to have sex, they might just be playing along because it's, you know, part of the flirtation. Right. But not really realizing that, you know, the other person or putting themselves not even not realizing, but putting themselves in a position where it's like now you're having to play like defense almost. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, then it's going to be a whole thing. Like, I don't know where she sets the bar. But mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be, you know, some sort of bargaining negotiation now, right? right. She's going to be like, well, do we have sex? And he's going to be like, she's going to be like, no. And he's like, going to be like, well, how about a blowjob? And she's going to be like, eh, no, I'm not comfortable with that either. And he's like, well, how about some hand stuff? And she's going to be like, eh, like, you know, it's going to be just right. a, a nego- uh, instead of just opening communication, hey, here's the things that I'm comfortable with, right? Here's yeah. what we can do. Here's what we can't do. Because that's the other thing, too, is I don't know. When she says no sex, what does that mean? Because certain right, different right. people have different definitions of what constitute, what does and does not constitute we had sex, right? As we've yeah. seen that before. And it's like those are things that – those are boundaries that certainly need to be explicitly made. And it's like not the greatest idea, I don't think, to make the other person have to guess what your boundaries are and then just be like, is this okay? No. Is this okay? No. Is this okay? Maybe. How about this? Yes. Instead of yeah. we knew all along what it was, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of the challenge, too, is, you know, like they might have been flirty and talking about all this stuff, but that's not what they meant. Right. So Chelsea's talking about, you know, like, oh, what she would do with Mikey, like, you know, 
sexy yeah. time. And you, and you, you know? can say that. It's like, hey, I know that we've been, you mm-hmm. know, having all this phone sex and stuff, but, you know, thing, and then, you know, explain. But, it's your, but it, just as you said from the very beginning, it's all communication. Right. right. It's communication, right. communication, communication. And that's that's pretty much, you know, the key to everything. I mean, I, I yeah, definitely feel like open and honest communication is the key to a healthy sex life. Like, for right. sure. Right. But I think the problem is, is that, you know, the reason why these people are so hesitant to communicate like what they want is because they're afraid that it will like cause the other person to reject them in some way. You know, mm-hmm. like if he's not getting any, then like he's going to find someone else. Oh, no, I know? totally get that. I totally believe that people believe that, too. And um, I just think it's a different story. I feel like I feel like it's kind of maybe a little bit counterintuitive. But if he gets all hot and bothered and ready to go and that's when you reject him, mm-hmm. like and that's when you tell him no, that's more likely going to make him feel like it's something about him and you're not you have rejected him and mm-hmm. like and and so maybe it can go whereas if you communicate it way early you'll be like hey listen i am not in the place for this to be right now it makes it you know it makes it makes him makes it more understand that it's not really about him because if you do it th- that way if you kind of you know stop him sliding into home then it really feels like well you were ready to go a second ago so it must have been something i did that made you want right. to stop yeah yeah, I feel like if she was open about her reasons why, too, I mean, everything that we've kind of seen of Mikey seems like he's super empathetic and understanding. For sure, right? <laughs> and like, and I had forgotten when I put this down, I'd forgotten that we, that the mom, I know we, we talked about how she died at the beginning of the week. I forgot mm-hmm. she was in the show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I had completely, I was like, oh, her. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, she was great. She was uh, very supportive of Mikey and they were like getting that lawyer mm-hmm. uh, because of everything that had happened, like with him and his mini strokes that he was having. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Now, and, and when they showed the flashback for that, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about the sleeping in your dead mother-in-law's bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean... I am all like I'm team Chelsea on this one like but I mean I don't even think Mikey was like you know no I think think he was more felt guilty that his sisters went out of the way to like you know give him a place to stay kind of thing and right I think bad just dipping out it would have been a little bit nicer if I I get that if and I think where Chelsea was like if if all of her stuff wasn't still there yeah like that that was that was the thing that kind of put it over the top and it's like this feels wrong yeah all right, so let's go on to uh, let's go about uh, Joy and Red. So we catch up to Joy riding in a car with her sister Shoshana and talking about Red and hers discussion over kids. Evidently, Red says he wants to have twelve kids. Oh God! I know, but we don't really hear Joy's full response to how she feels about that because then we pull into the house of Matt, the family lawyer. Um, so they're meeting today before she flies out to Missouri, where she's going to get Red. So she spells out the whole situation with Matt. And because she has questions about what she wants to know is how can Red be the adoptive dad for Sweat? So Matt says the court is going to want to really see them be together 
and for for Red to be around and you know actually being an active father for a couple of years before they're going to really allow or want that to happen. So Matt asks about the biological father of Sway, which is a tricky question for Joy to answer because she doesn't know who the biological father is, but she has it narrowed down to one of three guys. Oh gosh! <laughs> and then we—that's all we hear about that situation. So uh, it's kind of a big uh, revelation because even Shoshana didn't know, but there were potentially three fathers. And also, that also means that not only did she cheat on three, that she treat cheat on Red, but when she did, she really cheated on Red. I know, right? <laughs> So she feels really bad about that, but she can't take it back now. So she tells us that this all came up uh, when Red's sentence, like all the cheating came up, when Red's sentence more or less got extended. It was supposed to be, you know, oh, with good behavior, you get out this time. And then he did not have good behavior. So (laughs) he had to serve the full sentence. And when that extension happened, that's when she more or less, it seems like out of uh, jealousy and anger, uh, cheated on him. So, you know, Shoshana asks what happens if this adoption goes through, what would happen if they get divorced? And Matt tells them, and in that case, Red would still have full parental rights, um, you know, including visitations or joint custody, whatever, how, whatever the court would grant. Uh, that gives Joy a little pause because in the case of a divorce, then she feels like not only would she be losing her man, she'd also be losing her son. So outside, we learn that Red does already know about the three potential father situation. Oh, good. So then we jump forward uh, to later in the day because she said she was leading that day. And she's getting ready to go to the airport for the flight. So Shoshana is driving and they drop Sway off at her parents' house. And she, Joy, is pretty sad about leaving uh, for, I guess she's going to be gone a week for this. So mm-hmm. feels like a bad mom for leaving because they always generally do. So she gets to the airport and is generally still pretty unsure about how things are going to go, um, about herself and, and her situation. Um, so, geez, like three potential fathers, huh? Like that's well, that's tough. I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised Red does know about that uh-huh. because remember like before, like last week when he was talking about, you know, in his interview, he was like, you know, I wonder if she would have even told me at all if she was cheating, if she hadn't gotten pregnant. So the fact that, you know, I feel like at that point she could have been like, oh, I got pregnant and then just like left it at that. Right, right. The but fact she that she volunteered the unnecessary information that it could have been any one of three guys. That- right. In, that would yes imply to me that she would probably have told you yeah that she that she told you more than she had to right 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 but then also that to me like I want to know how many guys did she actually cheat with well because I mean three potentials but implying that there were more because she narrowed it down <laughs> well I don't know if she narrowed it down she just said there were three potential people so okay. the question the question about the three guys at least that popped into my head was was this three separate cheating incidents or was this just one cheating incident where there are a lot of guys involved oh god <laughs> like, I don't think so yeah <laughs> because either one would leave it at about the same I don't know which one it was right and like you think that, and also it's funny too because you kind of you would assume that they would look different enough that you'd be like, pretty sure it's not guy A. <laughs> well, I don't know. She kind of clearly has a type. She likes them dark. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. But and and also, like, especially if it was a 
cheating to get even, revenge, you know, the um, things. There's a good chance you don't even know who that was or remember his name or anything. Yeah. Like, um, it just those- kind of grosses me out that it's like, okay, how long is kind of the window of you being able to get pregnant? Like what, two or three two days? Uh, no, I mean, it, it's... It- <sighs> In no, terms it's of like likely, three days. Yeah, but you don't know when those three days are. Those three days fall no, but that's somewhere what, in a two-week window if you're not totally regular. Uh, I don't know about that. I was going to say, like, if you've ever done, like, an ovulation calendar, you can pretty much narrow it down to, like, three days. And yeah, so yeah, it's just yeah. like... If you do the ovulation calendar thing, if you don't keep track of it all the time, then Yeah, like, but if you got pregnant, you are definitely going to work backwards on an ovulation calendar and you're going to be like, okay, these are the three days I could have got pregnant. And then you're like, boom, boom, boom. There are three different dudes in those three days. That's just kind of like... I, I don't know. I, I, I but Also, you, are, you here are... Assuming I thought that first of all, you're assuming a regular enough cycle, right? And if she's, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't isn't isn't normally that regular, then those three days shift by a few and that it widens it up. But you're also assuming that she's as she is as educated about this stuff as you are. And oh, she's gosh. not just like Isn't she like a nurse practitioner or something, a medical assistant? I don't know. I hear all kinds of like people that I should know better and just being that'll just be like, well, if you pull out, you're just fine. And it's like, oh, no, God. that's no. Like, <laughs> oh, goodness. These people. All right. Uh, let's move on to Andy and Brittany. So Andy comes back to the hotel room with coffee for Brittany, but Brittany's in a mood and doesn't want the coffee. Andy asks what's wrong. And Brittany says that she's upset because things aren't going well with her and her daughter, Gracie. She then vents about how things are really hard on her and everything is just different on the outside. Brittany knows it must be hard on Gracie, too, if Brittany is feeling this way. Andy gives unsolicited advice that this drama isn't good for uh, Brittany. He points out that he's been supportive, but they've made plans and he thinks they just need to go home. He thinks that she just feels guilt. Brittany says that she can't just leave Gracie sitting here, but Andy points out that Gracie is the one who left. Andy then says that Brittany is the one who said she needed to make a change, and that meant a change of people, places, and things. Brittany objects that she obviously didn't mean a difference of kids, and Andy says that he can see where this is headed. Brittany says that her kids will always be her priority, and he's supposed to be her rock, absorbing all of this and here to help. Brittany can't believe that Andy is a girl dad and asking Brittany to abandon her daughter to go with him to Rome. Andy thinks that there are certain things to deal with. He's frustrated because he's been ready to go back to Rome, Georgia, by the way, not yeah, know, not, not Italy. And, yeah. <laughs> and waiting for two days. Brittany makes it clear that she's going to wait for Gracie and then she will reassess where Andy should be in her life. Brittany is disgusted by Andy right now, and she's starting to believe and understand where Andy's daughters were coming from when they said he left them. Brittany tells Andy uh, that Barry and Andy don't have to wait for her, but she's not leaving. Andy then says, cool, they won't wait around. And Brittany kind of gives a maniacal laugh, and Andy asks for them to do a role reversal. Brittany says that she would have been more understanding and that she would have been waiting for him. Andy says that, well, they're just different people. Brittany calls him self-absorbed and self-motivated. Andy says it's, uh, you know, not, but can't identify exactly why he isn't. 
Brittany is starting to think that he, uh, to think he said what she wanted to hear when she was in prison. She thinks that she should focus on her kids and not waste any more time on Andy. Andy says that he's not going to argue with her as he leaves the room. Andy is telling us that this is a completely different version of Brittany he's seeing. Brittany says that Andy is clear. Uh, Andy clearly isn't trying to help her be stable or establish relationships with her kids. She blames the fact that he's a cop for having control issues and also points out how weird it is that a former cop is looking for love on a pen pal website. She doesn't think that he's stable and if he's looking uh, for instability. Oh, she doesn't think he's stable if he's looking for instability. She calls him a pushy dickhead. And he calls a friend, JR, but also named Smack in his phone, to tell him that Brittany has had a drastic change and says that she got everything that she wanted. He thinks that Gracie is a trigger for Brittany. He thinks that getting out of there before she wants to use is the best course of action. While he's on the phone, Gracie goes to pick up Brittany and they drive off. He thinks that he lost Brittany and after he gave her all that stuff. Andy goes to talk to Barry and tells him what happened, and they're just going to wait around for Brittany. Andy says that if she doesn't come back, he'll look like a fool and lesson learned. Barry immediately calls his sister to tell them that they were right, and Brittany and Gracie just disappeared. His sister thinks that their dad got played, and they probably uh, used the money for drugs. All right, so both of them, Brittany and Andy, are making claims that this is not the same person. Right. Brittany's saying that Andy is not the same person that I was talking to. You know, he claimed to be all these things that he's proving to not be. And Andy's claiming that this is an entirely new Brittany. OK, out of the two of them, who do you think is most unlike what the other has portrayed them to be? Oh, oh, man. That's tough because I, I actually don't know. I think they're both. I think they both have a point. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, but I think, I think part of it is just that they both, both of them, when it was just talking, were able to kind of compartmentalize the parts they didn't like and just believe mm-hmm. the parts they did. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, oh, Andy, cause Andy, oh, he's going to be there to support me. He's going to be there to help me out. Right. That's what she yeah. kind of thought. Well, he was, and that he was going to give you money and take you to his house in this town and do that. He had a plan for doing that. Right. right? You didn't. You wanted to change that plan Mm -hmm. because, at least in your opinion, the circumstances changed. And he was like, no, we had a plan. Like, we're going to stick to the plan. Right. Right. And so, he sees that as support. And especially he sees it support because he thinks what he needs to do is save her from herself. Right. Yes. And so, like, he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to stick to it. We're going to do what we said we were going to do. We're going to do that because if I let you do what you want to do, we know what road that leads down to. Right. Hmm. Now, does he do a... A, a good job at, at, at communicating this to her? No, <laughs> like, not at all. Like, and I'm not even sure that that's right. Right? I don't think he is considering the the circumstances of the situation. Neither of them just. I think that's where it came from. Is neither of them expected the situation to change on them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it did. Right? And so I think that um, what he saw was somebody who was going to. He thought. Oh, this is somebody who's dedicated to changing their old habits, getting away from the things that got them into trouble again. You know, they're going to stick with me. They're going to kind of listen to what I have to say. And and instead, it's like, get away from me, you creepy dickhead. Like, I'm going to yeah. do what I want. Right? Like, and so I think just both of them 
lack the full perspective of seeing the whole picture on it. And so they are behaving in really weird ways. Well, that is interesting that you said that because I definitely interpreted Andy's eagerness to get home to like almost isolate Brittany or just to like get her home so they could like build more of an intimate relationship. I think he's incredibly disappointed that they didn't have sex. Yes, I think that he's thinking that all these other people are distractions from them being, you know, in a space where they can get to know each other, where they could be intimate. And so I did kind of view it as really selfish and like, he's just trying to get her alone. You know, and that's oh, no, kind of no, no. how and, I saw it. Yeah, and I, no, I, I, I hear that. And I'm saying that that's why I think I'm saying I'm not sure what's really going on there, because is right. it possible that he is a selfish dick that is just trying to get laid and thinks if he can get her away from her family, that's mm-hmm. going to happen sooner? Totally possible. Is he also justifying that by saying it's for her own good? Yes. But could he in a conceivable way think that this is actually the best thing for her to do right now? is to get away from this stuff. It's been – since the moment she got out has made mm-hmm. her start to spiral. Like yeah. immediately starting to spiral, right? Yeah. Um, and to try to get her away from the situation where she's spiraling, sure. But you're right. The way it comes across to her and probably you know, to the crew is that he's just like, if I get her – if I can get her to stop thinking about her daughter, she'll put out. Yeah. Well, and I and, and that's what I was I w- was going to continue and say that, you know, I didn't really think of it as like, oh, he had a plan and he's just trying to follow through the plan. But as someone who thinks like that often, right? Well, this is the plan. This was, <laughs> you know, why are we deviating from the plan? You know, like I can kind of understand more like, oh, yeah. He does have a plan. And, you know, maybe this isn't as selfish as I kind of interpret it to be like there could be another side of it where he's just like well this is the plan how we're going to you know keep you distracted enough to not use again so let's stick to that plan Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean I I definitely was because I was like oh she's just gonna stay she's like well I'm staying I was like staying where who's paying for this hotel room like what what, you didn't add because that's the thing too is it sounded to me like she was just like I'm assuming that they would stay when she said, well, I'm going to stay here. They would still stay in the hotel or like she would stay in the hotel or he would have to stay in the hotel. Somebody's staying in that hotel. Right. And it wasn't like it wasn't like the way she said it was, oh, man, I, I really would like to stay here a couple more nights. Do we have the budget? Do we have do we have a way that we can stay in this hotel for a few nights or do we have to think of another plan? She was just like, how dare you? How dare you ask me? Like, You're asking him to spend more money. Yeah. Well, I don't even know, like, uh, you know, where does Gracie live? You know, know. is it possible for her to stay with Gracie? Is that what she was kind of thinking through all this? Is that what she did when they left? I mean, and and I don't know. We also have this implication, like you said at the end, that that is the implication that Gracie's using, too. Right. Mm, I don't know. When they're like, where did she go with Gracie? And they're like, well, then she's using again. Like, that's pretty much the way people reacted. Right. Um, Mm. and like, and so that, because yes, because part of it is I think the town that they're in to the town he wants to go to is like an hour and a half. Yeah. And so the idea that like, well, if I go an hour and a half away, I might as well, I'm just completely out of her life and I would never leave her behind. It's like, you're an hour and a half away. Like, like, it's not convenient, but you can be back easily every weekend. 
Right. 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 Like it's it, and so the idea like he's taking her to, you know, Oregon or some like ridiculous place where it's like a, even a plane ride away mm-hmm. is like that's not the situation. I don't I, I don't understand why it can't be like, no, Gracie, I'm going to go. Where, this is the place we have to stay. I'm going to go there. I'll be in touch with you. We'll see each other soon. Like, I don't understand why it can't be that. I don't understand why it has to be. We need to be, especially because, like I said, as soon as they got in physical proximity to each other, both of them got a lot worse really fast. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're confusing. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah. So that brings us to, oh man, our fun, fun girl, Sheree and Anthony. Oh gosh. So the last time we saw Sheree, she was waiting in the parking lot for Anthony to get out. She wasn't in here last week. This was two weeks ago. And she's still there. So she says she's been waiting for him for three years to get out of prison. But really, it's been over 20 years since they oh briefly God. dated when she was 14. This is just like Melissa. It's like, that's not that how this works. Count. They are. Yes, it doesn't. It's not, it's and not. it was also like she like, oh, we went on a couple dates and I dumped him. It wasn't like anything. It, they, and I completely forgot about him after that. And I was like, oh, yeah, didn't I date you when we were 14? So it's <laughs> so she wasn't waiting those 20 years. Um so anyway, he gets there and there aren't really many words at first. She just like jumps up and like, you know, wraps her legs and arms around him and they start making out in this parking lot. So he doesn't have his clothes from the prison yet. So all he has on is these his button down and khakis that Sheree says makes him look like he's about to play drums at the church. So <laughs> yeah. he's excited to be free, but not so excited for other things like his mom's homemade chicken or – Sheree's itinerary for him. Oh, God. <laughs> what, is, what are you with my PO? What's going on here? <laughs> so anyway, he tells us about his criminal history and it's extensive and started when he was young. And now he says he needed to go through all that to make him the person he is now who's definitely not going back. So his not going back is, of course, symbolically represented by throwing the prison boots onto the street and leaving them there. So what he wa- says what he wants to do first and second in some order is to get some food and also to get some freaky time. So Sheree points out, though, that those things are already on the itinerary if he'll please open the folder and look at it. (laughs) Um, And he has not yet. So she kind of asked him what the worst part about prison was. And his answer is not so encouraging. He's like, I hated how everybody had scheduled my time for me. And I didn't need to make any decisions about what to do at any time. time." And she's like, um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe he's just a little cranky because he's hungry. So they stop at Popeye's and they get him some chicken sandwiches. So while he's in the parking lot eating, he gets a call from his mom. And while he's on the he talks to his mom for a little bit, says, we'll see you tomorrow. And then the alarm goes off and it's 1 p.m., which according to Sheree's itinerary means he's supposed to be in the barber chair getting his haircut. So now they're behind schedule. So they got to get a move on. So he tells us that he tells us that his goal now is to study culinary arts And his new dream is to open a food truck business, which he knows is going to take some money and some hard work to make happen. So they drive around the old neighborhood in Schenectady and he's skittish even seeing like the police pulling somebody over. So they get to the barber shop and it's the same barber he had before he went into prison. So Anthony says that Schenectady is looking pretty hood right now and he doesn't plan on hanging around in this part of town. Just coming down here to get his haircut, which his barber Joe is like, yep, we got a lot of people that do that. Just get your haircut. It's really important to have that barber and you'll come into the ghetto to get it. That's great. So he tells Joe that um, Sheree is throwing a welcome home party for him, but he's not really enthused about it. He doesn't care about all that. He's just ready to get his life started. So um, then then 
we see Sheree again and she reminds us that, you remember her baby daddy, Robert, is going to be invited to the party, which she even admits isn't a good idea. But she's like, but I can't take it back now. So eh, here's what it is. <laughs> so the other thing I kind of I skipped over, there was one part where Anthony finally did look at the itinerary and he was like, oh, this is like really good ideas. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, how do you think he is going to end up adjusting to this itinerary that she has set out for him? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think she's going to have to be one of those people that mind ninjas him, you know, um, like, sure. uh, you know, has to mind ninja him into like, you know, because it's not that he's going to be disagreeable to these ideas. It's just that he's going to want that feeling of control. And like, he's the one who's making those decisions. Right. Right. So I don't know. Sheree's got to cut which is, her work Which is hard to do her. when you pre-print out the decisions yeah, you want right? to make. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's how they're going to just both be happy in this situation. But I actually completely agree with him. Like, and and not even just coming out of prison, right? It's like when people like, you know, and certain types of people, but I can imagine pr people coming out of prison being especially high on this list, like uh, not just wanting to be programmed to death, mm -hmm. right? Just wanting to have a couple days of just like chill and no plans. And then maybe after a couple days of like, doing nothing okay then let's start our planning but she like out the gate has a plan in place like that's just like well, oh, not God, just the rest general, of our life not even a yeah. general plan a down to the minute beep, beep, yeah beep, 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 beep. okay it's time to go beep, beep, beep. like that's that's nuts but it's also I, I definitely feel like this is one of those things that he should learn because if he wants to sweep her off her feet and be romantic or do whatever and get to her then this is what he has to do. She's yeah. showing him this is what I want. So if right. he plans a weekend where she doesn't have to think of anything, but the entire weekend is pre-planned down to the minute. Yeah. And it's like, we're doing this now. Now we're doing this. Now we're doing this. Like she would absolutely love that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it seems very like down to the, you can't even decide when you get your haircut is, it's, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. All right. Uh, so we didn't see Brittany and Key Rock in this episode. So mm -hmm. out of the group you saw this week, who was your student of the week? Uh, I, I'll i say Anthony because he just got out and he kind of gets the good guy edit. Mm -hmm. um, and part, part of it is like that part that I said where he was initially annoyed by this stupid itinerary that she had. Yeah. But he didn't get all bent out of shape at her. Like he didn't try to break it. We're not doing that. We're doing things my way. And then like at least appreciated like, oh – I see what I see that you were working on this for me. Like I, I, I appreciate that, even if it's not the what I really wanted. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went with Mikey, um, especially how he handled the whole like situation where he didn't want to offend his family for like leaving and not staying there, but at the same time, Chelsea was like, "No, I don't feel comfortable at all," and so he's like, "All right, let's head out." And he managed to do all of that while keeping all of them happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I can't just because I can't decide who was right and wrong in this argument or I think they were both wrong. I'm giving I'm, I'm co-giving it to Andy and Brittany. Like, OK. I think they were both. Both of them were in that argument, not hearing the other person. 
Well, I went with Andy because mm-hmm. uh, I told you what my original reaction was. Is just I felt like he's just trying to get her alone, get her out of there. Um, and it just it I kind of agreed with her perspective in that it just seemed really selfish and self-absorbed. Like he wants to go home, so he's going to drag her along or attempt to at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just I don't see that working out. Like, I, I just don't because they both oh, think yeah. the other one. They both think the other one's selfish. Like, well, he thinks I, that, oh, you have a problem with your with with your daughter. And so now I can't go home. And like, it's, it's going to be a whole thing. Well, I definitely got the impression that these two are not together after this episode. <laughs> I, I don't you know, like that is the impression I got. Like, this is a deal breaker. I, They're I think, not even going to pretend. I think there may be a, a, a one or two attempts at like being like, ooh, I think she needs the money. I think she wants that other seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, promised. maybe, possibly. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So I mean, we really already kind of covered it, but it was like it, it was you know you if you know someone's going to be expecting something and you know that thing's not going to happen, the sooner the better to tell them. Yeah. Like, and uh, that, that that's true not just about sex, about other things as well. Certain people have certain expectations about things, and you, the better. The sooner you can be like, listen, this isn't going to happen, um, um, the better it is and to try to to be surprised in the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, mine is for joy. Um, you know, hoe it up all you want. I, you know, I don't even have super strong judgments or opinions about you like cheating. But if you're going to do that. For the love of God, you got to double up on your birth control, right? (laughs) Don't leave it up just to one. You need to have an IUD and you need to be using condoms. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, that's don't just leave it up to one thing. Even if if you're, I don't know, to me, I'm just also like, yes, if you're going to be having sex with three people and rapid, that rapid of a Mm -hmm. succession, whether or not you're worried about pregnancy, you still should use the condom. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's – but, you know, things go wrong with condoms. So sure. that's what I'm saying. Like, Oh, no. I was, I'm was. i definitely on board with that. Like I yeah, definitely had time, up. Definitely had times when I used – when I, you know, had used condoms for STIs and not just for pregnancies. But right. it was also like, and are you also on birth control? Because right. that's what That would be ideal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to double up, you know, like and when I say double up, I don't mean put on two condoms. No, that mm. actually makes them work worse. But yes. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> two different forms of birth control. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we will be back again with this group uh, next week then. Yep. We'll see everybody then. OK. Until then. Okay. Okay, OK. Bye. bye.